welcome to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for digital agencies and freelancers who want to grow their business, earn more, and work less. Each episode, you'll hear from agency owners that are killing it, meet epic people that can help you along your journey, or just listen to me ramble on about something I think is cool. Head to agencyhighway.com for transcripts, action notes, and to join the community. I'm your host, James Rose. Now, let's get into it. This podcast is brought to you by ContentSnare. ContentSnare helps digital agencies get content from their clients on time in the right format without email. If you've ever needed to get content from clients, you'll know how painful it can be. You end up constantly chasing them for weeks and months, and by the time it's ready, there's a 900 long email trail full of massive images and a couple of brochures from six years ago. ContentSnare makes this a thing of the past by collecting content from your clients in the right format the first time and does all the chasing for you. Try it on your next project by signing up at contentsnare.com. Welcome back to another episode of Agency Highway. I have Ronan Leonard joining us today to talk all about masterminds. And Ronan, uh, yeah, well, thanks for joining me first up. Uh, James, thanks for having me on the show. Really looking forward to our chat. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I think um, this is not a topic that's come up before on this podcast, so I always like new things. now, a mutual friend, uh, Kim Barrett, introduced you to me, uh, and that's how we sort of got talking about masterminds and uh, a little term you've coined, ROI, return on intellect, so I can't wait to talk about that, uh, and and a pretty cool story involving a ship. I'm going to turn it over to you uh, to give us a bit of an intro and tell us this really freaking cool story. Okay, cool. A uh, little bit about myself. I left school having no idea what I wanted to do. I'd figured out a couple of jobs what I didn't want to do. So it was a bit of a reverse career path. And then in my early 20s, I got a job working on a cruise ship. Dream job. Excellent. Travel the world. And within six weeks, we were off the coast of South Africa. Six weeks we joined the ship. It's called the Wild Coast. It's not called the Wild Coast for nothing. In the middle of winter, the two oceans meet, Indian and Pacific Ocean. Uh, Indian Atlantic, sorry, and get these huge swells and really rough weather, and the ship started sinking in the middle of the night. Uh, and that wasn't the worst part of it. The worst part was that all the senior officers and crew who were of one nationality pretty much abandoned us to our fate. They didn't do any of the safety procedures. They didn't even tell wow. us it was sinking. So we had this really roller coaster ride of uh, several hours of trying to figure out what we're doing, who had no idea, and trying to help passengers into lifeboats. And then because we sunk so slowly, luckily enough, first light, some helicopters came from South Africa, from, from, the, from the coast there, and helped winch people off the ship. So That's amazing nice. experience. Uh, <laughs> lived to tell the tale. And yeah, a defining sort of uh, moment in, in my life, or certainly one of them. Yeah, right. So then... so. <sighs> Like how, what, what about from there to now? Like how, <laughs> how did you get into masterminds and, and yeah, let's get well, into that. Like, everyone says, you know, that would have put me off going on cruises for, for life, but it didn't. I, I continued to work for another nine years. I, I oh, traveled, wow. traveled the world, uh, changed positions. And I worked in the casino, one of the best jobs on the ship. Uh, so it was a, a fun time to, to to watch people gamble. So I'm I'm a real, I've, you know, I've studied a lot of people and and why they they, they gamble because, uh, you know, it's really really fascinating just to see why people gamble. It's not to win. It's a whole bunch of other reasons. Mm. Uh, and then when I met my lovely wife, uh, who's Australian, I immigrated to Australia, and I set up uh, an events business based around what I knew, which was which was casinos. 
And I grew from one table to, to 50 and one event a year to 300. Whoa. And I, I had no business plan. I just sunk my life savings into this business and said, hopefully I can, I can figure this out. Uh, lucky enough, I did w- with a lot of help. Uh, I met someone, this is way back when Google and SEO was very early on. Uh, and they showed me how to do sort of keyword research and, and just make sure that you had all your tags and you optimized and you did SEO. Mm-hmm. And it pretty much just launched my business. And it was the missing piece. I tried everything else for a year and was getting nowhere. So always thankful for that person who became a bit of a mentor to me. And it's, it's one of those adages that you don't know what you don't know. Uh, and then about five years ago, I had this, uh, what I call an epiphany story. If you've ever read Russell Brunson's Expert Secrets, we, we often have a reason we get into business or a reason we want to do something different. And I had this epiphany story where I had this booking agent that um, charged 100% markup on my service. And at the end client, they'd, they were really poor in communication. And we turned up to run this event and the end client had a different start time than we were told. So we scrambled around, fixed that. We ran a great event, but I just thought, uh, first of all, I was really, I was really angry that, <laughs> that someone had charged twice as much for my service. And then I realized it was my fault. I hadn't created enough authority and enough um, compelling reasons for these people to come to me instead of the fancy agency who gave a poor service. So I looked around and said, am I having a real impact on my business? Do I see myself doing this in the next five, 10 years? And the answer was a resounding no. So I looked for something else to do. And at that time, I joined a mastermind group. Very first time I'd been in that sort of environment. And then it just took me on this, um, I call it obsession rather than being um, passionate about something. I, I'm obsessed about it. You know, passions, other things you do that stir yourself. To me, I just became obsessed with masterminds. And it just took me on this journey of getting far deeper down the rabbit hole. And that's why I now run mastermind groups and teach people how to do masterminds. Awesome. So for people that don't know what a mastermind is, can you sort of describe it? Yes. The, the simplest definition comes from Napoleon Hill from his book, Think and Grow Rich, which is still around today and, and quoted by a lot of people that, that run their own business. It's an amazing book. And it's the idea that when two or more people come together, they create this super mind, this third mind. And it's to, to get you to see something bigger than, than you're missing. And certainly when you're a small business freelancer, you are stuck inside your own head and you only know what you know. And the second you come together with other people, you find that uh, they've got a different point of view. They see something that you don't and you create something that, that would have been better than this you, you two even individually. You create that third sort of super mind. Right. Okay. That's a pretty cool definition. Cause I mean, there's a lot of different types of masterminds around. I've been um, in several over the years, you know, like some of them might be an ongoing thing. Like every couple of weeks I've had um, mastermind sessions at events where we essentially just have a one session where everyone gets to talk about their business. It's like a hot seat mastermind. They called yes. this. Yes. Um, and, and like, you know, you don't you might not have known these people beforehand and you might not see them again. Um, so yeah, I know there's a lot of different types. I actually, I just want to share this. I got a, a message from one of my friends who's not in the business world at all the other day. And he said, um, so this is a bit random. I've been thinking recently. I'm hoping you might be keen to set up some time semi regularly to hang out and discuss random stuff about creativity and life and like, brainstorm and debate and like like i was like no way he's basically talking about a mastermind Where'd you get this <laughs> idea from and in like real just like in uh non-business stuff i was like wow this is this is a cool concept 
Um, anyway, I just thought I would share that there's so many different types of masterminds. Do you focus on any specific style? Well, the two key ones that you sort of need to look at when you're looking for a, for a mastermind group, one of them is to teach something specific. So at the end, there's a result. And I think they're more focus-led. I think a lot of people sometimes struggle to see the um, the, the return or the, the benefit or the value proposition of a mastermind. Do I really want to get in this room and just chit-chat about business ideas, what have you? Um, sometimes it's just that connections of the, the right people. So, so that's one mastermind, as you said, where you go in and, and you'll you'll work on some accountability, you'll work on some ideas and you'll just get some of the things that you're stuck on and you'll get unstuck and you'll get different perspective and fresh ideas and just work on there. Mm. And the other one is more focused orientated, which is one of the ones I sort of teach other people. And it ties into, you mentioned the ROI. So it, it really ties it ties into that. So, and I'll explain why. So the just, ROI, uh, just for listeners, ROI, it's uh, a little bit different than the normal return on investment. <laughs> so when we, when we say ROI in this episode, it doesn't mean return on investment. Yeah, the, the ROI I came up with was a return on intellect to look at all your, your experience, your knowledge, and your intellect and where those three all converge and say, am I getting the best uh, ROI? Am I getting my best return on intellect? And one of the things to do is that we all want shortcuts these days. So a mastermind that that I teach people is that you find out, you get that that convalescence of those three things, and you teach people that want what you have, that that want the success you've had, or the, the want to know your your expertise and your knowledge, and they don't want to spend five ten years learning that themselves, the hard knocks. Mm. So you have that you have that core expertise that you package up in a result. So at the end of the eight weeks mastermind, you'll have learned this. At the end of right, weeks, so this is back. very very structured things. That's interesting because I mean, yes, yeah, I've had, I guess the the ones I've done in the past have been quite unstructured. You know, it might just be a few of us that I respect in in the industry getting together to talk about, I don't know, a specific topic. So one that I have going at the moment, we just get up, we talk about like content marketing is the topic this week. You know, yes, uh, we yeah. all have. Um, products or services geared towards the same industry. So that one's a little bit different. Um, and then I've had ones where we're all from completely different industries and we just bounce, we just talk about what we're struggling with at the moment and get ideas from people. So I like this idea of another one where it's like a, a structured thing where something's actually being taught. Um, yeah, so so eight weeks, is, is that your classic uh, length? Six to eight weeks is the sweet spot. What you tend to find is is masterminds, and obviously you've been quite a few, James. Mm. They reach a they reach a shelf life where you say, "Well, look, you know, my time spent in here, I'm not quite getting the value that I did at the start, or I've got different challenges." Or, Absolutely, and they you know, fade out. Yep, they noticed. fade out. Yeah. yeah. So, so to keep it, especially when you're just teaching something, you again, what I what I teach when I when I run these masterminds is that the first thing you do is find out what everyone wants to know, not what you want to teach. And there's a huge difference between the two, right? Yeah. So you've got 10 years experience in your, in your niche or, or niche, as the Americans say. Um, that's great, but you don't want to dump all that down into a course first. You want to find out what's the most um, valuable part of that 10 years experience. And it's not always what you think. So you ask the market, they come back and you get that convergence of ideas. Like we're all really struggling on growth. So if, for example, uh, I talked about this just before we got on, on board, um, King Kong agency here in, in 
in Australia, grew to one of the biggest um, digital agencies in Australia. And Savvy Subri last year, in conjunction with Founder Magazine, launched a mastermind program mini course, not on not on marketing ideas, but on how to systemize your agency so that you can scale. And 450 people signed up for that. Mm. So his, his biggest IP at that time, his biggest ROI was not, let me show you how to be a better marketer. Let me show you how to put the systems in place so you can grow your agency. Mm. And that's what the market wanted. And, and uh, when, if you sp- spoke to Nathan Chan or heard him on podcasts or interviewed, he now looks for confirmation of that that is a big enough problem that it's not just two people have that problem and yep. then you teach to that problem so that's that's how i teach my mastermind if you're looking your subject matter expert find that pain point and teach that and that's where you get that um that scalability and you get that better return on intellect so if you I assume then if you are teaching in these masterminds, you have want to have done this process before you start the mastermind. So I, I teach the, I teach the, the process of how to, to, to run a mastermind. Yeah. Right. So that you become familiar with it. Uh, so, but because- I, mean, I guess my, what I'm asking here is, can you use the mastermind to ask those questions or should this be done outside of the mastermind? Your very first one, it, it's it's like anything. You, you're obviously in in the in the marketing space, and and you know that the first thing you do is you market research. You find out what people uh, are really struggling with the most, most, and then you you look to solve that problem for them. So it's it's the exact same thing. You can do that on a survey. You can just get to your database. If you yeah, can. that's why I was just checking that. Like, it's not because I mean, sometimes I've been in masterminds where people have asked questions like this. Um, as the first one, you know, they're talking about uh, do people struggle with this and then sort of getting ideas. But in this case, we're talking about doing it beforehand, which I like, you know, and I mean, this is the basis of many businesses, I would say too, you know, like uh, Content Snare, which is our software product. This is what happened. You know, I had an idea of what I would build. Uh, it ended up being not the right one. And I, you know, <laughs> I asked a whole bunch of people about, where their problems were and and content getting content from clients was what people struggled with the most. So that's why we built content snare. So I mean, yeah, I know I'm no no stranger to that process. <laughs> but I know a lot of people don't go through it, you know, a lot of, like and I think it's a very important step. Yeah, it's letting go of the ego a little bit and just saying, look, I don't know at all whether you've been in business for for, for twelve months or or twelve years. It's just uh, having that and self-awareness to say, okay, I've got this idea. Let's test that assumption before I go too far down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Awesome. So I think, I think we've covered like what masterminds are and, and the, the benefits there. Cause I mean, we're talking about really positioning ourselves as an authority. I mean, do we need, should we talk about that some more? Like, is that what we're using these masterminds to become an authority with the other people in the mastermind and use their network? Like, can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a fascinating subject, and it's something that a lot of people overlook in their business. You reach a point where very quickly you become a commodity, you become this sort of brown box where oh, you're a digital marketer, or <laughs> oh, you're an you're an SEO person, or oh, you're an accountant, whatever it is. Um, I'd never heard that term brown box used until yesterday. And I'm like, I just now I've heard it like three times in the last few days <laughs> from different people. And I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good analogy of just sort of summing it up. Until you open the box, you don't know what's inside. 
Uh, but, right. You know, oh, okay. So, so yeah. And the reason the other, this other guy was talking about it was because it's like you just brown boxes on a shelf. Everyone's this like the same kind of thing. And I, I find yeah. this um, is especially true with well, I mean, accountants are a great example. But you know, the the target, uh, the listeners to this show, freelancers and agencies are very much like a lot of people are in that box, you know, and it's quite hard to differentiate. It's a topic that comes up all the time in our community. Like how do you stand out from all the other, the web design people or marketing people out there? It's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. And it's partly because your client doesn't know the difference. They don't know the right questions to ask or your potential client. So when they're shopping around, they, they see, you know, some of the things about, uh, I do this, I do that. I've got 10 experience, blah, 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 blah. I mean, partly it's always focused about you rather than your client. So, um, even some of the masterminds we we teach to, to come up with an outcome. So if you if you're outcome focused rather than I do this and I've got all this experience, then it's an easier shortcut for people to think about. But talking about authority, the only way you can really stand out from your competitors is to become an authority to really to make price almost irrelevant because people really want to work with you. And the fastest way and the only way to become an authority is to teach what you know. It's as simple as that because we are hardwired to see people that teach as experts. We've done it since we were in kinder. The second someone teaches you something and, and you learn from them and, and that, that brain synapsis goes off and you go, oh, this person's an authority. They teach what they, they, they know. Um, so we're hardwired to actually look for teachers and give them automatically defer that authority and that status on them. So if you're, um, for example, James, you've got a podcast. And not only are you learning from your guests, you're positioning yourself as, as somebody in the industry that knows what they're talking about and is in some way passing on your knowledge as you also interview other people, mm. but you're demonstrating your expertise. So that's just one form of, of creating that authority. So the people that don't create any kind of authority, that don't speak, that don't write, that don't um, contribute or do any kind of thing like that, they're the ones stuck in that brown box. And when people are looking for a differentiation why should I choose this person over that? Um, subconsciously, they, they are looking for authority. Mm. And a mastermind is just one of those um, steps. And I, I believe it's one of the fastest and quickest way because writing a business book might take you nine, 12 months. Starting a mastermind can take you, uh, we can do it in 40 hours or, or um, six weeks. So, so, so in this case, you're teaching to the other people in the mastermind. Yes. yes. And how many people would that, is, would that typically be? It depends on online or offline. It's right about six to eight is the sweet spot. Uh, and it's a premium product. So it's not, hey, I'm going to charge, you know, to charge you all 50 bucks or 100 bucks. You, you're, you're, if you've got the right message and the right problem to solve, then people will pay for that shortcut. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. When you were talking about authority and teaching there, I, um, I was just thinking that like t another side benefit of teaching what you know is actually becoming better at it in a way. I've always noticed this when I try and help people with something that I already know, I pick up more things through or sort of retain it better through the process of teaching other people and you hear what questions they ask and it can actually make you better um, at at whatever you were teaching in the first place. I don't know if you've experienced that before. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You become the subject matter expert, but what most experts do is they dismiss their genius. So if someone comes up and says, how do you do that? Oh, yeah, that was easy. Uh, not for other people, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you instantly dismiss that. But then the second part is to run a mastermind. You need to unpick the process and say, how do I get those results? What's the methodology? And it's very similar to the, the Sky Racing team. You've heard of the sort of um, 
Sky Racing team that, that went on to win all the Tour de Frances, what they do is they picked apart everything they do and they were looking for 1% improvements and that compounded. But it meant breaking down every single process. How do we train? How do we even get to the races? How do we, um, how do we sleep? Are we got the, do we carry our own pillows with us? There was this whole, they looked at every single aspect. Uh, but and I, I encourage people to do that when they're looking to, 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 to teach is, okay, w- what do I do? And as you do that, you just learn uh, far more. And I was talking to a guy that uh, on, on LinkedIn, I interview a lot of people on LinkedIn, and he teaches uh, people how to, to write a business book and also ghost writes. And he's just saying just even the process of going through that is that you get to ask better questions of your audience. You get to, to better understand yourself. And you, as you write a book, you really sort of get to unpick that genius. And as you said, you, you just, you, the, the learning just deepens and deepens. Yeah, that's awesome. So just quickly back to the brown box thing. I mean, uh, specific to freelancers and agencies, is it like, is there anything you think that freelancers or agencies are typically missing, especially around like differentiation and like how they can grow their businesses? Yeah, I think, I think often they're, they're missing a vision and and I I was guilty of that in my other previous business. Uh, I had a great quote from Neil Patel is that, you know, you've got to be in business, swing for the fence. Because if you're going to do 50, 60, sometimes even 70 hours a week, you might as well build something that is going to be um, far bigger than just just you or um, your your limit of what you think is possible. Mm. And you've been in Mastermind, you would know that once you're in there and you start to other people and what they're doing, it, it helps you up your game and say, okay, I, I need to be thinking bigger. Mm. Uh, so I think that's one of the sort of key key lessons and it's not it's not a criticism it's just this idea of you might not get there for three five years but have that sort of bigger vision than than just a job because otherwise certainly for freelancers all you've got is uh, a job and if you are in that brown box struggling to differentiate yourself for other people you've got to set aside that time to start to create that authority and and again I, i always tie it back to roi when you're having that conversation with yourself What's my best return on intellect? And a mastermind or a course or a book or something else or paid to speak is another revenue stream. So you're not relying just on one set of clients and one service that you deliver. You're diversifying your your intellectual property. Yeah, this thinking big thing has got me sort of realizing or connecting some dots there because I've been in masterminds before where with people from different industries, you know, who aren't an agency, they might be a, I don't know, they might run a software product or they might, honestly, I've had people in my masterminds that do completely different things like crowdfunding services. One of them teaches Spanish, you know, like uh, these are just people I met at business events and they will often have comments or ideas that are just so different than anything I was thinking, you know, like it's, and that, yeah. that has definitely helped in, in that vision aspect, you know, where it's like, I just was thinking, I guess small, you know, and and they say something, and I'm like, I didn't, nah, that's oh wait, actually, you know, like I, I sort of it'll mess with my brain because I'll go, I'll dismiss it immediately, and then and then I'll go, oh wait, actually, that might be a good idea, you know. <laughs> so it's 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 kind of like a business coach explained this to me about four or five years ago. It's kind of like a balloon. So what happens is that you've got all this knowledge, experience, and thoughts, and 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 as you put more into it, it expands like a balloon, and then you get. Uh, into something like a mastermind or some coaching and 
and it, and it expands even further. And then you have a bit of a setback and you bump up against your limiting beliefs. Who am I to do this? Yeah. You know, I don't have the expertise. You know, that's not for me. So it deflates a little bit, but it's always bigger than when you first went into that situation. It's, it's bigger. You see bigger possibilities and then you just, you just pump it up again and, and again. So you're growing like, like that balloon. So that's a, it's a nice analogy to start to, to think of, yeah. of where you're at. Yeah, because that's that's what it was like. The initial thought was just like, yeah, nah, that's not. I can't do that. That's not. <laughs> and then and then you sort of think about it and you talk to them about it, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see how we could go that way with the business. And yeah, and business coaches are in that bag as well. You know, I've I've had like one sentence from a business coach has changed a lot, like a very major part of my business, just because it wasn't the way I was thinking about it. You know, do you want to do you want to share that with your audience? Uh, yeah, you know, I think this, uh, I don't know if I should, uh, it's, it's actually why we stopped building websites. Um, because I, it just turned out that wasn't where my passion was, uh, given that so many people on, on this podcast are, um, web developers. I'm not, I'm not sure how well this will fly, but, uh, <laughs> um, he literally, cause I was talking about building websites and we had some software and we had like a few things going on. And he was just like, you need to stop building websites. And it was almost like, wait, I'm allowed to do that. Can I, are you sure? <laughs> so in a way, giving me permission to not build websites uh, anymore. And even though we sort of wound down that side of the business over a long time, it was, um, it was actually quite freeing and allowed me to w- work on other things. Liberating, it, yeah, yeah. it wasn't just because I didn't like it. It was also because we were competing with our own clients. So at the time we had content snare. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously built for web, mostly for web designers. And, um, we were also doing custom web development for agencies that didn't have that capability that couldn't build the big complex stuff. Um, and so, but if we were building websites as well, we were competing with the people we were trying to serve. So that was kind of our, um, one of his major reasons, but yeah, that made a big change, you know, once we kind of wound down the website side. Anyway, that's enough about me. Um, early, early on, uh, offline, actually, we were talking about habits as well. Um, uh, you're talking about one specifically good habit that, uh, freelancers agencies should implement. Yeah. It's something as simple as, as spending some time just thinking, just thinking about your problems and, and looking for the right solution because what happens my, myself included until I implemented this the last sort of 12, 18 months is that we automatically think we've got a problem. Oh, I need more customers or I need more web traffic. And then the second we've convinced ourselves that's the problem, we then just go and hire someone or <laughs> find, find, find someone that's going to take our money to solve that problem yep. without really sort of diving into it. You know, is that really the, the biggest issue I've got? Um, so it could be that it could be that, for example, you say I need more customers. Well, is it really that? So do you then go and get SEO, or do you do you get some paid advertising, or is it more that you know my product isn't good enough that the people that already come through the door don't refer it? What would that look like if I set up a referral system where I service my customers just even 15 percent more? They loved me, and they went out and you put this thing in place where you get these referrals warm leads instead of cold leads is that the right answer so every business is different and every problem is different what happens is we jump to this conclusion mm-hmm. don't spend that thinking time and saying what would that look like what 
how much time, effort, resources am I going to spend on that? And really, is that the right answer before we drop five grand on a new website because we believe that our conversion rate's poor because we don't have um, the great enough conversion rate? But yeah. it might not be that the, the website's poor. It might be that the copy's poor or your message isn't strong enough or you're not hitting that beginner's pain point. So there's, there's a million and one different solutions out there. What we tend to do, especially for us as small business owners, is we don't have that outside um, feedback loop. So we just jump to the conclusion and assume that's the right one. So that thinking time just really does allow you to, to spend time thinking about that problem half an hour, once or twice a week, and and just sitting with it a little bit longer rather than just jump into that, that conclusion. For sure. I, I was laughing there because I've done this so many times in various forms that have resulted in us getting burned, you know, like uh, jumping to conclusions. And some of the, the most successful people I know schedule thinking time. You know, I don't like sometimes it's, it's you know, more than an hour at a time. Um, for me, uh, it's really just going for a walk. Uh, I don't actually have it scheduled in. I, if I have a problem that I want to think about, I'll use that as my like time to go for a walk. And I think that's just one of the best, like, and the best ways to think, uh, you know, that and have a shower. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> me and my business partner, um, the other day we were chatting about something and I, I came, uh, I went and had a shower, um, came back and I was like, oh, so I just had all these ideas and, and we started chatting. He's like, did you just have a shower? I was like, yep. And he's like, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> we literally just like, cause we both think, yeah, I think this is not a, exactly a, uh, well, like a small known thing. There's an entire subreddit called shower thoughts, uh, because it's, it's <laughs> thinking time for people, not quite the same usage, but, um, Walking uh, is massive for me, like no podcasts, no audio, just take the dog and, and get some thinking time in to um, really like work on it. Go, go deeper, yeah, go deeper yeah. And, and get past that surface level um, knee-jerk reaction. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Although I think if you're going for an hour, an hour in the shower, you're going to use a lot of water or you're going yeah, to... Yeah, no, <laughs> not recommended, not but recommended. At least, at least you know what yours is, James. You know, you've figured that out and and now it's it's something that you can go to. You can go to that shower, you can go to that walk. Yeah. You know that you'll come out of that on the other end with with uh, something something better than, than, mm. than your first initial reaction. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So, Ronan, where can people go to, I guess, learn more about you and masterminds especially because obviously that's your thing? Uh, I'm quite active contributor on LinkedIn. I, I find it's a good place to sort of get some ideas and, and it's, it's um, far more business orientated than cat videos that you see on, on, on Facebook. Yeah. So uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Ronan Leonard, the mastermind guy, uh, or people can, I'm also on Twitter somewhat intermittently and you can also just um, contact me via, via the website. So uh, I've got two websites. It's eCountability.io, which is a play on the words for accountability and return on intellect.com. Awesome. So I will, of course, drop those all in the show notes. Uh, so you can head over to agencyhighway.com and search for Ronan and find those uh, and go directly to those sites. Now, is there anything you think we should wrap up on uh, on this topic? Oh, look, it's just a, an outreach. If anybody you know, is seriously thinking of, of, of masterminds and, and they are one of the hottest things right now, and I hate to use that word term, but... <laughs> 
uh, a week ago, Tony Robbins together with Dean uh, Grazioni and, yeah. and Russell Brunson from ClickFunnels, mm-hmm. they all launched a How to Mastermind sort of program. So it's, it's gone from you know, having to explain what it was a couple of years ago to now sort of being the lexicon and one of the, one of the great tools that experts should have in their arsenal. So anyone wants to have a little chat about Mastermind, feel free to sort of hit me up and um, I'm happy to sort of share knowledge, advice and, and, and see if, if people are a good fit for that. Awesome, Ronan. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a really helpful and a good chat. Love you. Thanks for having me on the show, James. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Uh, as usual, if uh, you head over to iTunes or whatever your uh, podcast app of choice is and leave us a review, send us a screenshot to support at contentsnare.com and we will raffle off a yearly license to Content Snare every month. So, uh, yeah, please do that. Uh, otherwise, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more, and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.